0: A once-bustling local hospital is now a shell of itself.
1: If this deal doesn't go through, all of these hospitals might have to close because their financial situation is so dire.
0: An uncertain future for Eastern Connecticut Health Network. This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. Katie Galvaller is an investigative reporter with the Connecticut Mirror, Her article is titled, In 2016, Rockville was a bustling local hospital, then Prospect Medical took over. I'm Ebong Udama from WSHU Public Radio. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. More to come after this. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Hamilton, Executive Editor of the Connecticut Mirror. Our impact reporting is made possible because of the financial support of members like you. If you are a Connecticut Mirror member, thank you. You're helping to create and sustain in depth news coverage here in the state. If you haven't yet supported the Connecticut Mirror, I encourage you to do so. Nonprofit, nonpartisan journalism like this is vital to our democracy. Go to ctmirror.org and click the red Donate button. Thank you. Hello, Katie.
1: Hi, Evang. How's it going?
0: Good. Could you tell us about the hospitals in the Eastern Connecticut Health Network and, and how were they faring before Prospect Medical, which is a national chain, took them over in 2016?
1: Yeah, so in 2016, Prospect took over the two echn hospitals which are manchester and rockville as well as waterbury hospital and you know they were definitely facing some financial challenges they had a ceo at the time mentioned pension and other debt increasing tax expenses and echn had laid off about 200 employees in the past two years but the hospitals were still offering services
0: so there were full service hospitals. They had Absolutely. inpatients and outpatients in the emergency service.
1: That's right. So they were definitely facing uh, their share of challenges. And the hope was that Prospect would come in and stabilize the health system.
0: Prospect promised to spend quite a bit of money trying to upgrade the hospitals. What happened?
1: That's right. They pledged to spend $75 million between Manchester and Rockville. And, you know, one part of the story is that Eastern Connecticut Health Network didn't respond to specific questions that we asked about, for example, did that investment ever happen? What kind of services do you offer now? We sent those kind of detailed questions, and as a response, we got a very general statement. So we don't actually know what came of that $75 million investment.
0: The big inflection point here was COVID. But before COVID, where were the hospitals generally? Because I understand from your story that there were quite a number of layoffs in different departments even before COVID.
1: Yeah, that's right. So in 2016, the then CEO of Prospect did mention that there had been about 200 people laid off between the two hospitals by that time. Once Prospect took over, things seemed pretty stable. I think the employees had issues with the new management for sure. Rockville employees in particular felt that in some ways, new management prioritized Manchester over Rockville by moving certain services like ambulatory care over to Manchester. But like you said, in terms of the service cuts at Rockville, things really started to go downhill with COVID.
0: Okay. Can you tell me exactly what happened, Katie? When COVID happened, waivers were given to allow certain procedures to be in suspense, right?
1: That's right. So, Governor Ned Lamont signed a waiver in March saying, listen, hospitals, typically the state government has an approval process called the Certificate of Need. It takes a long time. You have to apply and get approval to cut services. But he said, in this case, if you're going to cut services in order to make more room for COVID patients, just tell us you're doing it and we'll basically give you permission. So Rockville applied for that permission on March 24th, I believe, and and received permission to cut surgical services for the purposes of treating COVID patients, more COVID patients, the following day.
0: And what happened after that? Because it seems as if total inpatient care just went to zero. I see from from the graph you have here, in 2021, there was hardly any inpatients in Rockville. And now, in 2022, they had a few more. But what exactly, what's the situation? Have they gone back to having operations at the hospital and having inpatient services?
1: So what we heard from employees, lawmakers, union leaders, is that The hospital basically told the state that as of May 2022, the services that they stopped for the sake of COVID had been brought back. But according to the people that we talked to in our reporting, there were several major changes to those services. So the hospital actually never restarted inpatient surgical services, and they also never never reopened their intensive care unit. Now they have a unit that's known as a progressive care unit that offers care to critical patients in critical condition, but those in the most critical condition now get transferred over to Manchester.
0: Now, what's happening here at this time is Prospect is trying to sell Eastern Connecticut, right? They're in the process of selling it to Yale, and Yale seems to be dragging its feet about the deal. What What's going on there? And is the state's interest in keeping these services available in Eastern Connecticut?
1: Yeah, so right now, Prospect and Yale have signed a deal to sell the hospitals, Rockville, Manchester, and Waterbury, to Yale. I wouldn't say that Yale is dragging their feet. Basically, what what it seems like happened is that after the cyber attack in August, that crippled many Prospect hospitals around the country, Yale basically said, you know, we want certain things in order to actually go through with this deal. One of those things is they want $80 million in state funding over five years, and they also want Prospect to reduce the purchase price, which right now is $435 million for the three hospitals as well as some of the other um, organizations that are included. And as of now, Governor Lamont, the state OHS Office of Health Strategy is working with Yale and Prospect to come up with a deal. But as of now, Lamont has said that he does not believe that taxpayer money should be used to chip in on this deal. But he does, you know, he does hope that Yale and Prospect can come to an agreement.
0: Okay. And and also, when Prospect was running those hospitals, there was a real estate deal that was done. The properties were bought, right, by a real estate company, and then leased back to Prospect?
1: That's right. So Prospect sold its hospitals in Connecticut, as well as the ones it owns in California and Pennsylvania to a company called Medical Properties Trust. They're one of the biggest hospital landlords in the country. So what they do is they they own healthcare facilities, hospital buildings, and the hospitals pay them rent. So for that deal, we don't know how much Connecticut hospitals pay in rent. But CBS News reported that that deal at least put a Pennsylvania network on the hook for $35 million a year in rent.
0: And that might be also part of what's going on here with Yale taking over the hospital chain.
1: Yale has been very open about what it needs in order for the deal to move forward. Whether or not they're going to get those demands met, I think, is what officials at the state and hospitals are figuring out right now.
0: For the residents of Eastern Connecticut who use these facilities, any hope that they'll still have those facilities, that the deal would eventually go through and they'll be able to preserve the hospital network?
1: I think there is hope because those talks are still going on, which means that they're still trying to reach a deal. But the CEOs of Waterbury, Manchester and Rockville went to the governor and basically said that if this deal doesn't go through, all of these hospitals might have to close because their financial situation is so dire. So I think there is hope in that the, the talks are still ongoing, meaning that a deal could still be reached, but it is not a good situation.
0: Long Story Short is hosted by me, Ebong Udama, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Dodario and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby D. Benedictus are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever. Get your podcast.